Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Who's ready for God's word today? Good to see everyone here. Now this is going to be a different type of message today. Okay, every message is different, but this will definitely be a little bit different to normal. Um, it's, it's, it's untidy, it's raw, it's uncut, and it's from, um, from my heart. Um, some of the things I'm going to say today will be very new language to the church, um, potentially, uh, and I hope, a new direction. Um, but I pray that we will all come into the service with open hearts to what God wants to say for this new season. And we feel strongly, Chantal and I feel very strongly about some of the things we're gonna to share today. I would encourage you to put Instagram away. Okay, don't let, allow anything to distract you from what God wants to say today because there could be something I say that has the potential to change the trajectory of your life through the Holy Spirit. And so it's really important, just for these 30 minutes, we stay together and uh, it's, I, I believe it's gonna help our church. now. A few weeks ago, I was given this book. I get given lots of books, and um, I was given this book. And some some books some books have um, a a impact on your life, um, and some books you read and they might have an impact on your day. This book has had an impact on Chantel and I. It's called God, Fire, and Revival. Now, don't order it during the service because you might not like what I'm going to say, and then you won't need it. Okay, so. <laughs> Often people say that, and you suddenly go on Amazon and hit it, and then you're like, why did I even bother reading that, okay? So listen, so there's some of the thoughts I'm going to share today from this book, and also I'm going to reflect on where we're going as a church. Now, the word revival has largely lost its true meaning. Because we've never truly witnessed a, a nation or even a city in a move of God, we have a little understanding of the concept of revival. The word, the word can scare us, the word can, you know, it's been hijacked. And so I want to talk about first and foremost what revival isn't. Okay, so once we understand what revival isn't, then we can under, unpack what it is, and then we can talk about um, how we get to it, and then we can talk about what it produced in our life. So, first of all, revival is not evangelism. Okay, think, people think evangelists go out and revival. Revival is far more deeper than just evangelists. The second thing is revival is not conferencing or a concert. Often if we come together in big stadiums, big arenas, and I love conferences, okay? I love conferences, but when we come together and we hear a big name or a big worship group, we think that's revival. We are now in revival. That's not revival, okay? It can be an element of it, a glimpse of it, it's not revival. Also, the third thing revival isn't, revival isn't marketing, Okay, we're having revival in our church. In a true revival, no budget is ever needed to be spent on revival because the best form of marketing is what? Word of mouth. People talk about it. People hear about what's happening and they drive, they fly because they want to be a part of what God is doing in that city and that nation. The fourth thing I want to say about revival is revival isn't the Christian crazies takeover. Okay, so we're not going back there. When I grew up and I heard the word, it gave license to the Christian crazies to go start going crazy, and they're hanging on flags and all sorts of stuff. I believe God is the God of order. Okay, I'm, I'm an order kind of guy myself, but there will be some things that God wants to do that maybe break up the order of things from, from now and then. Okay, and the pendulum is definitely swinging back to more of we need more of God, we need holiness, we need more of God's presence in our services, in our everyday lives. And revivals historically have been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and everything changes, but it always starts in an individual. Revival historically has always started in an individual, then it hits the church, then it hits the community, then it hits the city, then it hits culture. But revival always starts in the heart of an individual. And a true revival is a reformation of an individual, a church, a city, and culture. A true revival. Every great move of God that I've studied and I've witnessed, has started when the fire of God gets into an individual. It starts in an individual's heart and it spreads into the church, into the community, and then it affects culture. I believe we have seen glimpses of revival 
in our church, in days gone by, and in present day, in services, in moments. But God's heart is glory to glory. God's heart, we're going to move into a new season, and we're not going to expect what God did in different places. We're saying, God, we want you to do something new in our church. The reason you're here today, I hope, is not to tick that I've been to church box. I hope it's because you want to be impacted by Jesus. You want to encounter with Jesus. You need Jesus to help you, to strengthen you, get through another week. And when revival occurs, the fire of God's spirit sweeps for a society. When revival, true revival occurs, it always cleanses society. I'll say that again. It always cleanses society. And people are convicted of their sin. That's right. I said sin. Sin has been watered down to poor choices. Talked about this. You cannot put sin and poor choices in the same box. Okay, a poor choice is I ordered a Big Mac instead of a salad last night for dinner. That is a poor choice. Okay? I'm getting heckled again. That's a poor choice. Sin is stealing something that doesn't belong from me. That is sin. Okay, and we cannot boil sin down to, oh, we just live in a world where people just make their own choices, poor choices. No, no, God, God, we have, there has to be a repentance and a turning away from sin if we're going to see God move. And so schools, universities, the marketplace, local governments, businesses, entertainment, the industry, everything is affected when a true revival takes place. And an immoral lifestyle is no longer common and is no longer acceptable because there's something different that's happened. People, people repent of their sin, people's lives are transformed, and culture changes. You might say, John, that sounds too good to be true. Has that ever happened before? And the answer to that is yes. And I want to just talk for the next few moments on some of the things that have happened in our world over the last couple of hundred years and then ask us a a question. There was a revival in America which kicked off in 1857 because an individual called Jeremiah Lanthier distributed flyers inviting businessmen and women to join him for their lunch to pray for the city. In that moment, God's spirit started to move in lower Manhattan and ignited a revival from the east side of the state, from New York City all the way across to the west coast of Los Angeles. Some towns reported and cities it was impossible to find anyone who had not been converted in that revival. Passengers on boats as they crossed the Atlantic from the United Kingdom to America, when they got off the boat, they could sense the presence of God as they walked on to the shores. Bars, casinos closed down and people flocked in their tens of thousands to churches to repent. You could find a midday prayer meeting on every corner of the street in America in the 1800s. 50,000 people a week came to Jesus during that revival. 50,000 people a week came to the Lord. People got saved and then they left the shores of the United States and they went to be missionaries in some of the poorest continents of the world like India and Asia and Africa. Lord, do it again. In 1904, a revival kicked off on our shores called the Welsh Revival and a man by the name of Evan Roberts prayed at 12 years. Who's 12? Any 12-year-olds? 12 years old. 12 years old like Jonah. 12 years old. He prayed for 14 years that God would move on his generation. And when he was 26, revival broke out. And the Spirit of God moved across one of the smallest nations on earth, the, the nation of Wales, like a fire. Churches were overrun and 100,000 converts in five months in Wales. Never in Welsh history has there been such an indescribable move of God. Scenes never witnessed before. And Wales was moved by the presence and the power of God. In fact, the nation, Scotland, England, the nations around it felt its impact. And such was the fear of God and conviction of sin that crimes completely disappeared from Wales in that season. Judges were presented with trophies called white gloves because they were given a blank white sheet of paper because there was no crime, there was no sentencing to take place for weeks on end during the revival. 
bank staff were exhausted because people were queuing off, queuing up to pull their money out to pay their debts that they owed to others. Stores sold out of Bibles. Political meetings were postponed. Members of parliament were at revival meetings. Lord, do it again. Then in Scotland, who knows God loves the Scottish? You're not forgotten. In 1949, in the Hebrides, revival broke out. Two sisters, one was 82 and one was 86, got together. Got together. There they are, those two girls. Some of you in your 80s, you think, I'm done, I'm retired. Look what happened here. Two sisters got together every day and every night for years on end, and they prayed for revival to sweep across Scotland. God raised up an Irish minister, Duncan Campbell. And revival swept through Scotland, especially amongst the young people and the young adults. Before the revival, the children, the kids, the young adults, they were bored and they were uninterested in church. But they came in their tens of thousands and converted to Christ and became passionate disciples of Jesus. They went on to become missionaries again all over the world for the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, do it again. In 1911, a revival broke out in Brazil and went for 31 years, 39 years, sorry. Two Swedish brothers, missionaries, Gunnar Wingren and Daniel Berg, they moved to Brazil and they prayed continually night and day that a revival would break out in Brazil and it broke out in Rio de Janeiro. People were delivered from smoking, from gambling, from pornography, from violence and drugs. Domestic violence ended in many cities and family, family values were adopted. Revival swept through the poorest communities of Brazil and they saw a financial reformation. The National Health Service was renamed the National Healing Service because people experienced so many supernatural miracles. Lord What if the history books added a new name to a very small list of cities and nations that had been impacted by revival? Could our name, Norwich, could we dare to believe that our name could be in the list? What if, what if the city of Norwich wasn't just known for great mustard and kettle chips and the green and yellows? What if, what if, and I'm saying the word if carefully because you'll understand in a moment, what if God moved here? What if there was such an, out, an outpouring in our city that there were no cases to report in the local courts? What if we had the courage to seek hospitals emptied? What if we wanted more of God than anything in this world? What if signs and wonders broke out? Some of this is so foreign language now, some of you are like, we cannot settle for ordinary. I haven't come here just to go to church. I don't want to do this for the next 20 years. We just come in, three songs, great message, go out, high five on the way home. We haven't come here to do that for the next 20 years. We want to see a move of God. And if two old girls in Scotland can get together and pray and seek God and there can be an outpouring in the 1950s, why can't God do it again now? What if signs and wonders broke out in our services? We cannot settle for ordinary. We have to believe for transformation in our land. Our land is broken. Broken, broken, broken. And I've spent the last few weeks being away studying and listening and trying to understand past revivals. And I'm going to share some of the things which I've reached because I believe that once we experience God's revival, and I'm not talking about weird stuff. Please just come with me. I'm not talking about weird stuff. Okay, if you get on your chair and start running around doing hula hoops, I'll just ask you to step away. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when people get healed in their seats. I'm talking about when marriages are restored. I'm talking about when we have an opportunity to help the broken, the impoverished in our city. I'm talking about when we help people turn away from crime and turn to Jesus. We're, so we're not giving Christian crazies the license to be crazy. We're giving you the license to be Jesus. And I believe once we've seen revival, nothing else will satisfy. So I want to talk this morning for the next three and a half hours on the... Could take that long. I want to talk about the price of revival. 
the price of revival because there is a price involved and revival does not come cheap. There is always a price to pay. So I want us to stand. We're going to read 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is our key passage for today. It's going to help us understand. Let's read it together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Amen. Father, bless the reading of your word. You guys can take your seats for now. The passage is really clear that there are five costs involved if we're serious about seeing a reformation and a change in our city and in our land. I'm going to run through these five costs and then I'm going to run through the five things we'll experience when revival comes to our land. Number one is this. If we're prepared, the first cost is this forerunner faith. If my people, if my people, we all have been called, but God is looking for someone to answer that calling. Have you ever heard a knock on the door and you know it's the Amazon man? And I'll say, Chantelle, have you got the door? And she's either not listening or she doesn't want to open the door. And then I'll hear Chantelle come out and I went, Miracle, have you got it? And this thing just goes round the house. Who's going to answer the door? And we're all trying to give my people. And the question is this. God is waiting for someone to open the door. God is some open the door to access his presence. And these people are called intercessors. Intercessors. Now, not everybody, so everybody is called to pray and intercede. But there are some people specifically, like my gifting is, I'm, I'm probably an evangelist and an apostle. They're my two primary gifts. You, you might be a prophet, you might be a teacher. We all have different gifts, okay? But I believe that there is a group of people, and we saw it in the first service, and there is a group of people, and we're all called to do this, but there's a specific calling, conviction on a certain group of people to intercede. That is a group of people who literally petition God for him to move in this way. You stand between God and the people, and you plead with God that you would move in our church, you would move in our land. Whenever there has been an outpouring of God's spirit, there's always been forerunners. So in the American Revival, Jeremiah Lanthier, the Welsh Revival, Evan Roberts, the, the, the Hebridean Revival, Reverend Duncan Campbell and the sisters, the Brazilian Revival, the two Swedish brothers. And I want to challenge us, and I, I want to challenge us from whether you're 12 years old, as, we, as, as we've seen, or whether you're 80, 86 years old, as we've seen, if you feel God has given and called you to intercede, find each other and gang up on the enemy. Find each other. Meet regularly, pray, come together, and seek God. In 2004, I moved back from Australia from being at Bible school, and we started Wildlife, which was the youth ministry, Norwich Family Life Centre, up on the Heartsies before it burnt down. And um, we were there for a few years, and uh, now works for <laughs> Teen Challenge. If you'd have told me that 20 years ago, I'd have probably fallen out of my chair, but it's amazing what God does. And we would regularly have the, you know, the police there and lots of things. But after a couple of years, we really started seeing a move of God. And people, young people would be getting saved every week and so many things would happen. But there was a secret ingredient that most of these kids never knew about. My dad came up on a Friday night to Hartsey's between 7 and 9 p.m. every Friday. There was, a little, there was a little hubby hole he used to jump into. Never made, he didn't get a t-shirt, he didn't get a badge, he didn't have a label, he didn't have a position, he didn't care about any of that. All he did is he prayed. Other people would join him from time to time, he would just pray. He'd pray God's protection, God's provision, God's blessing, God's help, God's strength, God's Holy Spirit would move on these young people. He'd get in his car and just go home. No one would have even known he was there. 2005, early 2006, I got a letter from Norfolk Constabulary, which is always interesting, isn't it? And they said, dear, 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 dear John and all the team at Wildlife, we just want to say thank you because crime has reduced significantly, pretty much gone away on a Friday night on the Heartsies and Plumster State. And this is unheard of, unheard of in this day and age. It's a notorious area. Now, trust me, our youth workers were doing a lot of their work. 
But whenever, whenever there is a forerunner, somebody who says, I'm not looking for position, I'm not looking for label, I'm not looking for any accolade, I'm not looking for, and you will just intercede before God, God will move. The secret source of what God did at Wildlife was the praying father. The secret source of what God wants to do is not all this glamour. It is those who are prepared to seek God's face and pray. And so I'm asking you, I'm going to give a call out at the end for forerunners. We had 15 or 20 who responded in the first service because I believe, God, we're going to see something special in Norwich. Whether we'll see all the things that I've said in my lifetime, I don't know, but I will not give up. But we need a forerunner faith. Second, the second cast involved is this, humble hearts. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. There is a cost involved to a revival. And the writer says here it's the cost of humility. We have to humble ourselves before God, humble ourselves before each other, and humble ourselves before ourselves. It's complete honesty. And this is deep. This is heart searching. I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm going to humble myself. My head can get really big when I walk around the new building. You want to laugh? That's a true story. And this week, I had to humble myself and literally kneel before God and say, this is not for Chantal and I's glory. This is for your glory. And if we think posting pictures of ourselves is bringing glory to God's name under the name of Jesus. It is not. It is all about his glory. It is not about my glory. It is about his glory. And I've been asked so many times over the last few weeks, John, who's opening the new building? Who's opening the new building? And everyone's expecting a big name to come in with the big... No one. I don't want anyone to try and upstage Jesus. This is for his glory. This is for his name. This is not for our name. This is not about us. Look at me, look at me. This is about promoting Jesus. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto you. Now, will there be guests and speakers and pastors coming in from all over the world? Absolutely. And they will be honored. But Jesus is the main, Jesus is the main meal. The bread's got to stay in the center of the table. And any time we take the glory of what God intended for himself, we cut God short. Do you know, there are so, you know, this is sad, but when you read about revivals of old, you say, well, why did they stop? Why did they stop? Because revival is not meant to stop. It's because man or woman got in the way. And in the middle of God's moving, they wanted a piece of the action. They wanted a piece of the glory. They wanted a slice of it for themselves. And suddenly it turned from outwards to inwards. And whenever it turns, it repels the Holy Spirit. Many of the revivals of old stopped because simply people got in the way. We can't get in the way. We've got to seek God and humble ourselves. Number one, forerunner faith. Number two, humble hearts. Number three, prayer-filled lives. Prayer-filled lives. Humble themselves and pray. The prayer is a lifelong commitment to our faith. I know you said a prayer when you found Jesus, but that is the first prayer of thousands that we need to pray. Prayer is like how it's a spiritual workout, like we would work out physically. Prayer is our spiritual workout. We must pray until we receive what we've promised. Angus, a good friend of our church, he was speaking to some of the business leaders last Sunday evening, and he said this, he said, 90% of our prayer should be simply thanking and praising God for what he's done and for what he's going to do. 90%. I was really challenged. God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. God, we thank you. We thank you. Look at this. This is the day the Lord has made. We just want to praise you and thank you. Often we get to God with a shopping list saying, you need to do this for me today, God, and you better turn up here, and you need to sort that person out, and you better tell my husband. And, and God's like, whoa. And God is saying, come into his presence with thanksgiving. To his courts with his praise. Be thankful to him and bless his holy name. Prayer-filled lives. And, you know, as we 
few, two or three years ago, Chantal and I asked what, what we wanted Soul Church to be known for. What was our legacy? And I thought that was a big question. We thought long and hard about that. And there was two things that we came up with. Number one is a church that helps people, loves people. And number two is a church that prays or loves to pray. I think we're doing okay at one. We've got a long way to go with prayer. And this is why we need people to stand up to the plate and say, we need you to help us, intercede for us. You know, if we judged our church membership by attendance of prayer meetings, we'd be in big trouble. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if we have a, and one, of the, one of the calls to action is on a Sunday before services, before the 9 a.m., before the 11 a.m. and before the 5 p.m., we're just gonna open those doors and you can come in and pray before the services. Wouldn't it be amazing if the service was an overflow of the prayer meeting rather than the prayer meeting an overflow of the service? Wow. Imagine if Sunday services were just a continuation of what God... Forerunner faith, humble hearts, prayer-filled lives, number four is this, is Holy Spirit obedience. Holy Spirit obedience. Seek my face. You know, to seek God's face, that's, that's true obedience. But the answer is this. The good, the good news is Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek, seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If we seek after God, or we, the promise is here. This is a covenant promise. If we seek after God with all, key is all our heart. All our heart. That might mean putting your phone away when you're reading your Bible because you might get distracted and it won't mean all your heart because some of your heart might be on socials. So all your heart might mean removing some of those distractions so you can seek him with all your heart. The reward for seeking after God is he will be found. And so obedience here, Holy Spirit obedience is the premise to the promise. The Holy Spirit will prompt us to seek after God more than anything else. And there are so many distractions. And the devil's biggest lie is seeking after other things will fulfill you. And they will for a season, but then they leave us empty. But seeking after God is the most fulfilled life we can ever live and the most rewarding. Chantal and her family, uh, we were on a flight recently in, in America going across states and somehow Chantal ended up with two kids on a different part of the plane. And um, <coughs> I, was, I was on my own with my book and, my, and uh, I don't know how it always works like that. She always seems to end up with the children. You're not allowed to switch seats and stuff, so we always, we always leave it like that. Anyway, I, I, was, I was sitting there and the row behind me, not the row behind, the row, row behind, so two behind me, I could hear this, this gentleman start witnessing to this lady on the flight. She was with her, with her husband and I could tell he wasn't into it at all, but it, it, this just did not deter this Christian at all. And I looked to Chantal and she could hear, she could hear this going on and this went on for about an hour. And he had his Bible out and he, he took her through the Gospels and at the end of it, I hear, he says, do you want to become a Christian? She said, yes. And he's, and he's like, well, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And everyone's like. <laughs> and the husband, I mean, he's getting, he's getting flustered. And Chantel's like, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, he leads this lady to the Lord. I was like, this is incredible. And I just got this Holy Spirit wallop across my head. It was like. I am so selfish. I'm so selfish. I'm a selfish pastor. Because when I get onto an airplane, I want to read, sleep, watch a movie, do something, eat. Chicken or beef, chicken or beef. I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. So I, I'm just not, I just don't want to get into anyone's problems. I do that all, that's my job. I just want to be in the zone. And this guy just schooled me. He leads this lady to Jesus, and she is crying. I get up to go to the toilet because I am just interested in how this is going. And he's like, you need to get a Bible, and he's showing her books, and she's just had an encounter with Jesus on the plane. I, I, he, Holy Spirit obedience. You say, when we're seeking after God, he will prompt us. He will pray. I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit nudge. He will call you to send some flowers, invite them for dinner, visit them in hospital. He might even ask you to do something a little bit outside your comfort zone, like speak to someone on a bus. Speak to someone at the workplace. You know, when people say, oh, what did you do? What did you do on the weekend? You go, I'm not telling them I went to Soul Church. 
And a couple of weeks later, you come to church and they're sitting there and they see you and you're like, oh, cover's blown. But anyway, God might, God might call you. He might call you to do something. Brazil's revival started with a nudge and it nudged two Swedish brothers, Gunnar and Daniel Berg, to move across the Atlantic. And God moved. You say, well, how, how do I know, if, seeking after God, how do I know about whether it's, it's the Holy Spirit? If you want to know whether the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something, you have three ways you know it's the Holy Spirit, and not too much pizza. Number one is this. It will always inconvenience you. Number two, you'll come up with 99 excuses why you shouldn't. Number three, it will cost you something or everything. If you tick all three, it's probably the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not here to walk and make life comfortable. The Holy Spirit is to use us to step out and reach those who don't know Jesus. It's a simple gospel, but it is not a safe gospel. Playing it safe will not save anyone. And the good news is this. Everyone is here today because someone was nudged by the Holy Spirit. Forerunner faith, humble hearts, prayer-filled lives, Holy Spirit obedience. Number five is repentant minds. Repentant minds. And turn, turn from their wicked ways. Sin is wicked. Why is it wicked? It's not because the person who's sinning is wicked. It's because it destroys people's lives. That's why it does not read the person, the individual is wicked. The Bible doesn't talk like that. It says the ways, our sinful ways are wicked. Why are they wicked? Because they are destructive. I spent some time with the TC lads, talking to them about their addictions and the challenges of alcohol and substance abuse, and they all say the same thing. It is destructive. It is destructive. And it was the moment they made a decision to turn from it that their lives started moving forward. We've got to turn away. If we want to see a revival in this land, we've got to turn away from anything that has the potential to contaminate. The potential to contaminate in our lives. Oh, I can just have a couple. I'm good with it. I can hold my alcohol. Good on you. But the person next to you might not be able to. And you could become a stumbling block to someone close by. I want to say this church, I'll be black and white. Never, ever, ever drink in front of anyone that has a problem with it. I'm going to say it, call it as it is. It can destroy a person's life. If you even think they might have a problem with it, stay away from it. If you even think it could cause them to stumble, stay away from it. Stay away from it. Before there can be dedication, there must be renunciation from anything that has the potential to steer our lives off track. Nothing is hidden from God. The fifth cost to serving God is repentance. And the word repentance is a deep spiritual religious word, but it simply means to turn. Simply means to turn away. And repentance isn't begging God, say, God, I need you to forgive me. You're already forgiven if you're a child of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're already forgiven. His grace is sufficient, but it's acknowledging areas of our lives that we need to turn back to Jesus. We simply, when we make a mistake, we just turn. As we turn, we're repenting, and we look in the eyes of Jesus, and we thank him again for his love, his grace, and his mercy towards us. The, word, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Meta means to change, and moia means the mind. It's simply to change your mind, to change your thinking. So when you've fallen into sin, you fall into those things, all you do is you begin to wash your mind with God's word. You remind yourself that you are still the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven. Repentance is, ready? Repentance, true repentance, is changing our thinking. Changing our thinking. Changing our thinking, rejecting our old mindset and putting on a new mind. And we fully, in that moment, we fully surrender our lives to Jesus. We had the privilege, Chantel and I, of being at the Dream Center, which is a home for 700 individuals who need to rebuild their lives from a lifetime of crime, addiction, and abuse. And I spoke to one of the key workers as they showed us around this incredible facility. It was the same facility that was used to film the movie Saw 
and some of the evil movies that were produced in the late 90s, but it's a redemption story. That, 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 that building was given to the church. That building was given to see men's lives restored. It's just an incredible restoration program. And we spoke to one of the key workers as they showed us around. And this is what she said. She said, she said John and Chantel, she said, the ones, who make, the ones who make it and are set free from a life of addiction are the ones who truly, fully surrender their lives to Jesus. You have to fully surrender your life to Jesus. You cannot leave a little part of the past. You cannot leave a little addiction hidden in the corner. You can't leave little particles of sin in your life. You have to daily repent by simply turning and so reminding yourself, I am forgiven, I am free, I am cleansed, and I turn back to Jesus. I surrender my addictions. I surrender my life to Him. Now here's the good news. If... The if turns to a then. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Here, wait for it. Then. Then I will hear from heaven. Here's the promise. We've seen the premise. Now we see the promises. And will forgive their sin and heal their land. Then describes what can happen next. If we're prepared to have forerunner faith humble hearts, prayer-filled lives, Holy Spirit obedience, and repentant mind. There are five clear results if we pay the price. Number one is this, quickly, the tangible presence of God. I will hear. Psalm 91.15 says, call upon me and I will answer. When you answer the door to the Amazon man, you are greeted by his presence and often he is holding his presence. When you answer the door, you will be greeted by the presence. You allow God to come in. You will be greeted by the presence of God, and he comes with presence. When God hears, God answers with his presence. In every revival, there's always a deep consciousness of the tangible presence of God. I want us to experience the presence of God in our services. Good coffee is not enough at Soul Church. A cool, relevant, impacting message is not enough. Great songs with catchy lyrics is not going to be enough anymore. It's not even going to be enough for us just to show up. We need God to show up. We don't just want to show up to church. We need the presence of God to show up. And when we leave, we have truly can say, we have been with Jesus. We need to be undone with his presence. Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. He says, woe to me, I am undone. Imagine we left church and we said, I'm just, I'm just undone with the presence of God. I, 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 I can't take any more. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I'm done with the ordinary because my eyes have seen the King. Number one is the tangible presence of God. Number two is the land is transformed. He promises to heal our land. God does not intend revival to end within the four walls of the church. In fact, revival never starts in the church and revival never ends in the church. Revival just goes through the corridors of the church. Revival always starts in the individual's hearts and it always ends in the culture of the city. So if we think that church is the end, the be all and end, it's not. We are simply a vehicle to carry the presence of God as people come through, go into their workplaces, into the entertainment industry, into the sports, into the sports world. The church is just a portion of what a revival looks like. Every area of community will be impacted in a true move of God. Societal change will take place when we truly see a move of God. The land will be transformed. Number three. Number three. Is this helping at all? Let me just grab a little flannel or something. I am sweating. Just getting a little bit sweaty up here. Is that okay? Number three, the third thing that will take place is this. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. And we'll for- Thank you, Chantel. You're everywhere today. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. And we'll forgive their sin. You say, well, where does it say that the joy of the Lord will happen in a revival? Well, whenever there's an outbreak of forgiveness, there's an outbreak of joy. Forgiven people are joyful people. Who remembers the first time they found Jesus? 
What's the first thing that happens? This overwhelming sense of the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord. One of the reasons joy is a, revolt, is, is a result of revival is joy is attractive. Thank you. Joy is attractive. Joy is attractive. A joyful heart does good like medicine. The joy of the Lord is attractive. The devil is not worried about you being a Christian. He's worried about you being a happy one. Because if you're a happy Christian, people are going to see something different about you. There's got to be something different about us. We've got to act different. You say, John, well, I am happy. Tell your face. I'm smiling on the inside. Someone asked me in America, said, John, we hear so many good things about Soul Church. Why is it, why, you know, what, what, why is it growing? And I could give them the whole reasons, but I tell them this. I said, we have a lot of fun. There's laughter at Soul Church because there's the joy of the Lord. I encourage you, make sure the joy is in the home. Make sure the joy is in your workplace. Make sure there's joy in the car. Make sure there's joy. You know, since when was church designed to be quiet? When, when was church designed to be quiet? Can you believe they used to bury dead people at the front doors of a church and ask people to walk past them and expect them to have a great time in church? I mean, it's bananas. Anyway. I'm like, this is a place of life. Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the full. Come on, make a joyful noise. Noise. Joy is a result of revival. Number four is this. It's the birthing of new songs. The fourth fruit is I believe that new songs will be birthed in a revival spirit. Psalm 126.2 says, Our mouths were filled with joy, laughter, and our tongues with songs of joy. You know, throughout history, as I studied revival, whenever there was revival, new songs broke out. We're going to believe that there's going to be a, a birthing of songs from our church the worship team, songwriters. You don't have to sing songs to write them. Can I just say that again? You don't have to sing the song to write it. Maybe God's given you this, the gift to write songs and worship melodies. Start writing again. Start writing in a spirit of revival. I believe there's, there's, there's new songs that are going to come from this church. Marshall, we lose the Holy Spirit. The motivation for writing songs, writing books, is simply to impart into the body of Christ, to bless the church. Songwriters, you don't have to hire studios. God will give you songs. God's going to give you songs. God's just going to give you songs. Where are you? Where are the songwriters? Just lift it. If you're a songwriter, where are you? You're a songwriter. Come on, lift up your hand. You're a songwriter. Good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Where are the songwriters? Just stand up. Just stand up if you're a songwriter. In fact, come down here. Come down, all of you. Come down here. If you're a songwriter, come. Come on, come on, come on. There's more of you, you're hiding. You're hiding. Stop hiding amongst the baggage. Come on, that's it, step forward. Beautiful. We need a new song. The Bible says bring a new song. Bring a new song. You know, God could do it. Come on, Chantal, why don't you come and join me up here? We're going to pray for this group of people. I hadn't planned on any of this. But there's an outbreak of songs. Would you stretch out your hands? Let's believe for new songs to emerge. And songs that are going to impact culture, community, society. Songs with the right motivation and heart. Thank you, Jesus. Not about Thank making you, us famous, but about making Him Thank famous. You, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Hallelujah. Ministers Father, of the gospel. Thank you, Lord God. Holy Thank Spirit, you, Jesus. come. 
fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Anointed hands, Father. Anoint their mouths, Father. Fresh anointing. In Jesus' name. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing fall on these songwriters. Oh, Heavenly Father, would you birth something new inside of them? Lord, I pray that they would be motivated by you, by your heart for people, by your heart to reach a nation and a generation that is lost and hurting and broken. Father, I thank you right now for fresh songs of peace and fresh songs of joy and fresh songs of deliverance. Lord, we thank you right now, Father, that these songs would be birthed out of this house, Father, and people would hear the songs of the house, Lord, and they would be saved and they would be set free. They would be made whole again, Father. As the praises go up, Lord, the blessings come down. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that as the worship goes, so goes the church. I thank you right now for every life, every writer, every poet, Lord, every person that has a dream and a desire for your your promises to be made known to people. Father, right now, I thank you for a fresh outpouring of your spirit on these songwriters. May they birth something new. Father, I pray that they would not be entertained by the things of the world, but they would be set apart and separated for you, for your glory, for your kingdom purposes. We thank you right now that holiness, holiness would be in their, their thoughts and holiness would be in their hands. I was just praying over Josh over there, and I think this is true for all of you. God's going to give you songs and lyrics and whatever, whatever the genre, I don't know, that's none of my, but it's not going to come when you want it to come. It's like a baby. You, you know you plan it. It's going to come at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. I'm going to be out at 3, and, and then it, like, it comes in the middle of the night on the Tuesday, and you haven't got the mother-in-law there to help you, and you think, ah, oh, that's how God works. He doesn't work on... Our time is Kronos. God works on His time, which is called Kairos, which means His appointed time. This message right now. And God starts downloading. And God's going to download lyrics, songs, moments, worship, but it will not be on your timing. So you're going to, I'm going to have a songwriting session on Wednesday at four, and God's like, not interested. I'm busy helping John with the building. And then at two o'clock in the morning, you're going to wake up, and God's like, I'm ready. And you're like, so get ready. That's basically what I'm saying. Get ready. Now. I just wanted to encourage you. You know, there's, we're, we're living in the most biblically illiterate generation of all times. And so what is, what is common to man across the globe is music. And if music can bring people together, if people will listen, then it will get into their ears and go into their heart. And so I would encourage you, don't just write songs about what you feel. Write songs about what God says about other people, what God says about you. Make it scriptural. Make it biblical. Because you are getting the word out into this nation. You are getting the word out, the word of God, which does not return back void to us. And so I just want to encourage you with that. And if you want to continue to go on this journey, I would encourage you to read a book called The Reset by Jeremy Riddle and it talks about how worship has gone in completely diff different direction for this generation but God has put a reset button on what is about to come out and be birthed from this generation moving forward so if you want to read something called the reset I would encourage you what we want to do is we want you to meet your fellow songwriters we want you just to step in there we're going to take your name and details and we're going to get you together at some point and we're going to have a prayer time and we're going to talk about songwriting so if you guys just want to go there and you come straight back and so you don't have to but we want it, we, this is, if you're, you're serious like, about it. If you're this. serious about it, we just love you to just follow Matt, follow Matt and Alan, and then you're going to come straight back. All right, quickly take your seats. We're not done yet. Now, in all major revivals, worship songs were sung on public transport and in public places. My wife was always just singing worship songs everywhere we go and people think she's weird wouldn't it be great if that was the normal where you just start singing songs of worship songs of deliverance songs of joy come on let's we've got to get the songs back do not limit your songs in the four walls of Fort Mason Road 
we've got to get the joy back. Get the radio off, get the joy back. Worship the Lord. Get, get the worship in your house. Get the worship in your, in your workplace. Number five, we're going to finish here. The fifth result of a revival is the outbreak of signs and wonders. The outbreak of signs and wonders. In the 1990s in Guatemala, a revival broke out. One of the most crime-ridden and poverty-stricken places on earth. An unknown pastor cried out to God night and day that he would move. Again, it started with one individual. And in one of the cities, Amalonga, over 30 bars closed their doors. Over 30 bars. There was only one bar left during that revival. All four jails in the city closed and the police no longer carried guns. The police were used, the police were used to work the cars and the queues and the lines for people getting into prayer gatherings and churches. Amalonga was previously one of the most arid places on earth, but it became the most fertile place on earth. As revival swept through, it's now known as the vegetable garden of the world. Because God doesn't just impact, God does not just impact God does not just impact in the church. He impacts agriculture. He impacts every area of society. I believe that we can see signs and wonders. There can be healings, supernatural healings. What about if we renamed ours, the National Healing Service? Beautiful. James, just... just, just James, this is one of our young men. He's a great young man, serves faithfully. So proud of this young guy. He's been through so much. And... <laughs> Hand of God is so clearly on his life, but James encountered a couple of weeks ago a, a signs and a wonder. Yeah, so um, I went to this festival called New Day at Norfolk Showgrounds. Um, there was about 8,000 people there. And on Thursday night, there was a healing night um, and around... Over 300 people got healed, including me. Uh, since I was very little, I got diagnosed with tic, uh, tic disorders, which is basically with my eyes. Um, I do uncontrollable twitching, or sometimes I do tensor with my arms, or um, nose scrunches and a bunch of that. And then um, I had two prayers. The first prayer, um, you know, I'm shutting my eyes, I'm like thinking, and then, you know, ask them to get healed. And I feel something a little bit moving me. Look to my mate, I was like, well, can't really tell, you're ticking. And then second prayer, I like shut my eyes and then I remember they were doing a little few testimonies about how, um, you know, if you look at God, you know, you can get healed. And I remember just shutting my eyes, just seeing these bright two figures, well, like dots. And I just remember just thinking, I was like, if I just stare at them, I know I'll just get healed. And then like a few minutes later, I thought, no, I ain't done any twitching, nothing like that. And I truly believe it was just because I've had that faith. I'm going to get James to pray. It's nothing like someone praying who's just experienced a miracle for themselves. So if you need healing in your body, I don't care how long you've had it, I do care, but you're not saying, I don't care, because I want you to stand. If you need healing, whether it's in your back, whether it's in your arm, whether it's a nervous condition, or it's a back condition, whatever it is, however big or small, right now, stand. Stand right now. Get a relief. Get a belief. Amen. If you're with your husband, your wife, your friend, your spouse, just, just take their hands. There's, there's power in agreement. We're two or three. There's power in coming together. Just stand with someone. If someone's standing, I don't want to see anyone alone. I want someone with everyone. It's just power in agreement. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Mighty man of God, over to you. Right. Dear God, we just bring 
we just bring you down to us right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just want you just to move, just touch every single person's heart right now, Lord. We know what you can do, Lord. We have heard your testimonies, Lord. And Lord, I just pray right now, you bring this Holy Spirit right down. Lord, you just touch every bit of pain they're feeling right now, Lord. And Lord, that you just heal them right now in Jesus' name, Lord. You just heal them, Lord. We know what you can do, Lord. It might not be instant heal, Lord, but we know that this recovery will be worth it, Lord. Lord, we see you right now, Lord. We just want to feel you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we just want you to come down, Lord, touch each and every one of our hearts, Lord. Lord, that they'll be able to go away sharing these testimony, Lord. That, Lord, you'll just be able to look right them in their eyes, Lord. That they'll be able to just to feel, feel your presence, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, moving them, Lord. Lord, they'll be able to go home, Lord, they'll be able to rest, knowing, Lord, knowing that they've been touched by you, Lord, they've been healed, Lord. That their faith gets filled upon this moment, Lord. That they're able to know that you can move in them, Lord. And you will continue moving in them, Lord. Just from this one testimony right now, Lord. Lord, we thank you in all your name, Lord, for everything that you do, Lord. Lord, we just continue just to keep praying upon your name, Lord. Praying for healing, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you, Lord. Holy Spirit, touch every one of our hearts in this room right now, Lord. I feel power in this room right now, Lord. Healing will become, Lord. Healing will be awakened, Lord. That Holy Spirit right now, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, James, for the courage, the boldness, the faith. All right, why don't we stand? For those who are not standing, for you, it's not for me, it's for us. And this is the question. Will it happen again? Will it happen again? If. This the question is if. If my He is at the door. He is ringing the bell. We get to choose when we open up the presence of God and we invite him in and the presence always comes with the presence. The songs, the supernatural, the healings. But if, my people, I don't want to pray right now because we get to choose if we want to see a move of God. If, if, if. You've heard, the, you've heard the, 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 the line, it's a big if. It is a big if. It's a big if. And this is the biggest if in Scripture. If we're prepared to have forerunner faith, humble hearts, prayer-filled lives, Holy Spirit obedience, and repentant minds, then our if will turn into a then. I don't want to do the next 20 years of leading this church with if. I want to live in the then. And if you're saying, John, I'm done with the ordinary. I'm done with everything I've experienced so far. In fact, I'm done with it altogether. But I want to see something different. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see a move of God. I'm tired of what I've experienced. But God, I want something new. I want to encounter something new from you. I want you to lift up your hands right now. If you want to be the then generation, it's a new generation who, who will not settle for just what's been, who will not settle for what they've experienced, but they are saying, God, I want you to move in days of old. If my people, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Come on, let's sing this out one more time. I want to pray for a group of people and you know who you are because the very first group of people were the ones like the individuals in history, the ones who knew that there was such a stirring in their hearts to pray. It's a conviction. You're not interested in a platform, a microphone. You just want to be the little sister in the hut that's praying for revival. You don't want, you, you, you just want, I'm not interested in the limelight. I just want to see God's face. Nothing else. If that is you, I want you to lift up your hand. God has called you to be an intercessor. Would you come right now? You come, come, you come. You come. God has called you to intercede. You are the backbone of the church. 
You're the strength. This is beautiful. You come. Steve, I'm going to ask you to come and pray. I know we've gone way over time, by the way. If you need to leave, it's been great having you with us this morning. We're just going to go for another five or ten minutes because I believe God's spirit is moving. Thank you. We love you and we'll see you next weekend. But Steve, would you pray specifically for this group? Thank you, Jesus. Father, your word says that you looked for men and women that would stand in the gap. And right now these people are presenting themselves to stand between heaven and earth to see your kingdom come and your will be done. And so, Lord, we consecrate them and dedicate them and set them aside for a holy purpose. Lord, that it is to see your glory move in this church and out from this church. So, God, would you cause your presence and your anointing to fill them. Lord, would you give them words to pray. Would you give them prophetic words, Lord, that will change us, that will be perceptive beyond the natural mind, that Holy Spirit, through these men and women, Lord, you would bring revival. They would be forerunners. They would be anointed of God, set apart for a holy calling. Lord, right now we commit them to you and ask that you would come. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill them afresh with fresh oil in Jesus' name. I want to just speak to your group just for one moment, and then we're going to do exactly the same we did with the songwriters. We want to grab your details because we want to gather you together. And some of the things we want you to do is come early to the services and pray. We want extraordinary supernatural encounters with Jesus. We encourage you to come to our war room on a Wednesday. We want you to pray for our new building. There are some challenges, some mountains in front of us as a church right now, and we need you to intercede to see those mountains, to see those mountains move. And so we want, we're asking you, when you intercede, financial mountains, mountains with so many different things with that project, but we want you to pray. Maybe you can get a 24-hour road to go in between now and when that building opens, and every hour of the day I know is covered in prayer. This is what we need the intercessors to do, to really step up at this time. We're going to believe God for miracles. But it starts if, if. A few years ago, there was a, it's called the 21st Century Prayer for Revival was written. I'm not sure who wrote it, but I'm going to put it up on the screen. I want us to pray this over our city. I want us to pray this over our church, over our community. But I, my prayer more than all of that is as individuals, we catch this prayer in our hearts. Because if we catch it, anything could happen. So let's pray together. Thank you, almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for your fiery presence in revival. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy. God, let your revival fire fall while you pour out your spirit in Africa, while you pour out your spirit in Asia, while you pour out your spirit in Latin America. We ask you, pour out your spirit in Israel and the Middle East. We implore you, do the same in Western nations who have rejected you. Jesus, never has the earth needed you more than now. Come Holy Spirit, come like wind, come like rain, come like fire, come like oil. Let revival fire come now from your throne. Ignite revival fires in our city once again. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask this group of people, if you really feel God's calling you to intercede and pray, I'm just going to ask you to follow Matt. He's waving there in the shadows. It's just going to, grow, going to grab your details and we're going to have a gathering of all the prayer, the prayer individuals, and we're going to get you together and we're going to work out ways where we can seek God more as a church. Can you give these guys a hand? Thank you. Amazing. Beautiful. Who's up for this? Who's done with the ordinary? I want to see God move. I'm not going to prolong this, but I want to give an opportunity right now for anyone who does not know Jesus as their personal Savior. You've never received Jesus into your heart. 
do not know the forgiveness of your sin, this is a moment where you get to turn. Turn away from your sin, turn into the light. Turn out of the darkness into Jesus, into the, his light. So right now, if that's you, you've never made a decision, you don't have, you've never made your peace with God, I'm simply going to count to three. You say, John, pray for me. He loves you, my friend. One, two, three. Just pray, say, John, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus, my personal savior. All over this room, just slip up your hand. God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else say, that's me today. God bless you. Amazing. Anyone else? All right. You can put your hands down. We're going to say this prayer out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank everyone who said that prayer. Our team will be out in the foyers. We'd love to give you a Bible afterwards. Whether you said that prayer out loud or you just keep your hand down. That's not, it doesn't really matter. What matters is God did something in your heart today. So please come and see. And if you said that prayer online, please let one of the team know. We'd love to reach out and help you make the next steps from here. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.